Hey, Chuckles, this is Juan from Fuagata Podcast. Um, just touching base with you guys to talk to you about Anchor. This is the program I use to do all my podcasting and everything that I'm doing right now. It is an easy one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. And it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. If I can use it, you can use it. I was looking for something that was easy, that I can use in one-on-one, that I didn't need a bunch of equipment. I'm doing everything off my phone. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Yeah, amazing, right? Now, my podcast, of course, kind of covers all these different kind of subjects and everything else. But it's a great outlet for everything that I'm doing and everything I'm trying to get out and the thoughts. And right now, as a, as a comedian, especially a stand-up comedian, there's nowhere to go. So the easiest way to put stuff out has been on here, especially during the quarantine. So if you're wanting to start a podcast and even have a chance of making money while doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm forward slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Let's get to it. Monday to you all, even though it's late, I know, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I know, I know, I have a good reason, no I don't, (laughs) I just had so much shit going on, it's ridiculous, I have a couple of deadlines coming up, I have other projects going on, it's just, uh, yeah, a lot of things unraveled, uh, family, friends, all that good stuff, planning, all that, it's just, best made plans. You know, what are you going to do? But it doesn't mean I didn't have something for you guys. So one of the things we're going to do is uh, this is going to I'm going to be putting on a panel from uh, Orlando Maricon 2014. It was an indie comics panel. It was really informative, really good and had a lot of good heads on there. Um, Guys like Jeff Kaufman, uh, one of the the publishers now, he's doing some uh, Jolly Jane on Kickstarter and stuff like that. Brian Polito, creator of Lady Death. Uh, Chaos Comics, he does his own coffin uh, publishing also. Martin Piero from Cosmic Times. Um, myself. And uh, and uh, hosted by Terry Cronin, who does Students of Unusual. It's a really good panel. I found it the other day. I had a recording. I go, man, you know, it was pretty interesting, pretty funny. Had a lot of interesting bits. I think it was informative. So I said, you know what? I'm going to slip it in, put it in one of the podcasts one of these days. And since I'm up to my neck with some deadlines and commissions, I go, oh, this is perfect. And like that, you guys have a nice chunky thing to listen to. And uh, maybe you'll uh, walk away with something, you know. Um, Other than that, we have a bunch of stuff going on right now. I have a big show uh, for Saturday uh, with uh, MIA Brewery. We're going to be at Magic City, uh, Creature Entertainment and Goblin's Heist. Then we have Art on Palm the week after, um, plus a bunch of other stuff. And then personal things going on, so... Yeah, you know, uh, what am I going to tell you, you know, but hey, it's still technically Monday, still technically on time, still technically in your hands, so don't kill me, okay, um, if you want to see anything, I'll probably be at Sweet Caroline's on Tuesday, 
doing an open mic there. Uh, I'll probably do some five five minutes up there. And then, uh, and I don't know what else. I'm just going to be running around trying to finish some stuff. But uh, that's all for this week. I'm going to come back next week with more, um, I think, a serious amount of comic book reviews. I think I'm going to do a a good uh, slew of comic book reviews of uh, stuff that I'm reading right now. There's some really interesting stuff, some really cool things. And uh, get in touch. Uh, If you have any questions, you know, if you're on Anchor, send in a voicemail. Let me know what's up. If not, hit me up. As always, Fuagata, F-W-A-C-A-T-A dot com and uh, or at secretmediagroup at gmail.com. And uh, let me know what you think, whether you're listening and uh, what's going on. And we'll talk later. Enjoy the panel. See, I'm special. I've got I got vitamin water. That's better than regular. No, I get I, I tend to get in trouble every once in a while. It's pink. Pink's better. But I like to uh, not not upset anybody. Yeah, the special condition that needs pink water. That's right. All my all my medication is mixed into one thing. I'm fine. Pat dropped the F bomb the other day, and she said it's okay because we're at, we're in the house. And I was trying to figure out where that rule got passed, you know, because I think I should have to vote on that one. Yeah. Not like Congress or anything, but just like my wife and I hold on vote. And I, I, I don't know if I should get the designing vote if it's just between you and your wife. I guess it depends on the topic. You know, like I, I think my wife, my daughter's swearing in the house. I, I think I might get that one because, you know, if it deals with anything like uh, me actually eating anything, I think she gets it because she's the one who's got to do everything in the way. Okay, I'll, no, I don't get a vote. We're going to die. I'm just welcome Sorry. everybody to Psychotherapy with Jeff Kaufman. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, now, this is actually the Indie Comics panel. Indie Comics panel. How many of you guys are making comics or want to make comics? Pretty much everybody here. And I just want to point this out so nobody else points it out. There's a lot of ladies in the audience, but there's not a single lady up there. That's telling you something, ladies. Let's get out there and make your comics, all right? Just going to get that out there front and center. But we're really honored to have some really talented people up here today. Uh, uh, we're listening to Jeff talk about his family. You know, sometimes juggling all your concerns with your family and making a comic and getting your creative juices is very tough. We're going to start with you, Jeff. Introduce yourself. Tell us what you're doing. Get real promotional. We want everybody here to know what you're doing. And if you're, and if you're too humble, I'll, I'll come back to you and say, you got to tell more. All right? So I, I, I don't want you guys to be, you know, feeling bad if these guys are overly promotional. That's part of the game. Jeff, take it away. Um, real quick, I'm Jeff Kaufman. I'm a writer. I've done a bunch of graphic novels, everything from I worked for Image, started off my career doing a book called Ant for Image, um, which was owned by somebody else. And then I became my own publisher, which was basically a nightmare. It was, you know, four to five issues a month, which the therapy I needed was great. And uh, then I started doing graphic novels and having my books published through other companies because there was a certain amount of comfort in not wanting to pull your hair out dealing with that stuff. And okay, we're going to stop. We're going to stop and go down. 
It's Sunday. It is impossible to offend me right now. Um, but I did, uh, real quick, the last three graphic novels were uh, Terminal Alice, uh, Our Children's Book War, um, Angel Falling. Uh, our new book is Bayou Bound, which comes out in August. And believe it or not, we actually did a children's book because of um, I got tired of not having something for a child on my desk. And my kid can't read anything, so the nice idea was actually to do a children's book. And what I noticed about most children's books is they most suck. They really do. The artwork looks like it took like about maybe two, three hours per page. So what we did was we did, uh, they were basically 16 by 20 canvases paintings and it took about a week and a half for each one. It was a six month project. But at least I can I know that if this is the only children's book I do, it'll be something that I can go that's a good looking book. So uh, thanks. Uh, Jeff I just want to interrupt you. Brian Polino just entered the room ladies and gentlemen. Brian Polino always Jeff probably the, the, the kingpin of independent comics can tell us more in, in five minutes than probably all Everybody, Brian, we're going down next. We're going with Martin Piero. Martin, tell us about yourself. Uh, it's the beginning. My, my throat is shot. My voice is gone. Um, my name is Martin Piero, publisher for Cosmic Times. These are our books. Um, I, I am the publisher. That's kind of the role I chose. I, I went to a panel at Megacon, maybe 07, uh, and somebody up on the panel convinced me that being a comic publisher was a cool idea, and he's sitting next to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass. I thought, I that now I hear him talking about being a comic publisher is a bad idea. Yeah. The, um, but no, I had an idea for a comic, I wanted to publish it, I couldn't find some way to publish it, so I said, I'll just do it myself. Um, that's what I did, and it, things just kind of snowballed from there. Um, bounced around the indie scene for a while, doing, um, I guess what you would call self-publishing, just publishing my own stuff, then picked up a few guys, and uh, just uh, last, I am about to lose it. Last year, we um, we finally cracked the, the egg and got into Diamond, and now we're a nationally distributed comic publisher, which actually just means you lose more, you lose more money faster. Martin, let me interrupt you. Please do. You, don't, you forget to always mention that you were the one who wrote the, the, the comic book about Ariana Huffington. Which I'm sure everybody owns. Right, but yeah. you, were featured, you were featured in Wall Street Journal. Yes. Know, which was a, a great thing. It was really fantastic. <laughs> Money. It made me zero money, actually. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he's still, he's still yeah. got uh, blurbs from the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, I do. I, I, I'm, actually, you're like negative money. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm ne I have negative money, yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's Do a Google search for me. You'll find all kinds of interesting things. What's your big titles right now? That oh, right. I'm sorry. Say I'm losing it. Uh, our, our, the big book, we have our graphic novel, Giant Robot Warrior Maintenance Crew. Um, it's in your comic stores right now. Uh, coming out next... The last Wednesday of the month, Metal Locus is going to be in your comic stores. The first issue of a four-issue series, so we got all kinds of stuff going on. Bunch of new stuff on the horizon coming up. So watch, watch the website, CosmicTimes.net. Juan Navarro from Creature. Tell Take us it. about yourself, Juan. My voice is even rougher than his. And no, I'm kidding. Sounds so good. My name is Juan Navarro. I'm the editor-in-chief of uh, Creature Entertainment. We're a film and comic book studio out of Miami, Florida. Uh, we do mostly um, horror, crime, and science fiction. We kind of like fixed the genres and said we're going to fix on these. We're not going to move from here. We might expand maybe later on, but that's what we kind of concentrate on. I do such books as Ravenous, which just got nationally published, and we have some great numbers. 
uh, through Diamond, and uh, this is the issue one variant, which I got. We just released it on our online store over the weekend, and we got over a hundred orders waiting for us like back home to do. So we're it's kind of nuts. It's a great uh, werewolf horror book that we're doing, and then we do other stuff like uh, Tommy, which is a story about a little kid who's an imagine who has an imaginary friend and finds out his imaginary friend's a serial killer. Um, that is issue one, and it, I do. Uh, I'm also the artist and writer on those series, and uh, I do also Zombie Years, which is a post-apocalyptic zombie tale that takes place in Miami. It's like Walking Dead with way better weather. <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff that we like to look in. Some of it's tongue-in-cheek, some of it's real horror. Most of the time, we just look for stories. Um, and I started. Uh, I went to Savannah College of Art and Design for sequential art. I went to a bunch of there. I had a chance to go to a painting school. Uh, full-fledged in Kansas City and study painting. I was, you know, Scholastic Awards, I did all this stuff. And I was very well on my way to do fine arts, and I went into comics because I found out that was my original love, that's why I got into it. And because of that, when they said, hey, there's a school called SCAD, you can go study and do sequential art there, I went, oh shit, let's go. <laughs> you know, I thought that was awesome, man. I went there, I ended up graduating from University of Florida, but since then I've been pursuing that, and that's been probably the last 20 years pursuing comics. And now as an independent creator, I've had the most freedom and most fun doing it. Juan, thank you so much. We're going to come back to you. We're going to give him a big round. Oh, thank you. We're going to come back to you because I want to talk about the Kickstarter program. I think a lot of people are going to talk about that in a moment, yeah. too. Uh, but next we'll go to Austin Janowski. Austin, tell us about, you're, you're an artist, obviously, but tell us about independent comics. Hi, I'm Austin Janowski. Uh, I've been doing comic books since 1994. Um, I cut my teeth in the independent scene with a small company called Allied Comics, which was actually, funny enough, local to where I lived. And we worked on a book called Cosmic Times. What? I know. Ooh. Well, yeah. um, no, Cosmic Waves, that's what it was. Thank you. Dude. Thank you. Yeah. It's been that long way. So, during that time, they said, well, do you have anything that you want to do yourself? I'm like, yeah, I got a really cool story. It's uh, based on my D&D character. It's called Seventh Millennium. They go, well, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll publish that. That'd be great. I'm like, cool. So I needed to find someone to help me you know, pencil the story. And we put through Diamond and Capital. Back then, you had two main distributors, Diamond and Capital. And uh, I went through them, and I had X amount ordered, and I printed X amount, and I made money on it, and I thought, well, this is great. This is easy, and that's kind of brought me down the independent path. Um, primarily, I'm a comic book inker professionally. Um, I worked for, uh, I'm Marvel on X-Men and Iron Man. I've done some Batman stuff for DC. I've been lucky enough to do stuff for, for Image and a bunch of other companies. Um, but my first love's always been the independent and putting out my own stories. Um, over the years, besides Seventh Blending, I've put out a superhero book called Tan. Um, I've put out a book called Stanley the Snowman. Um, and then my most recent is a Christian-based uh, book called Divine Retribution, um, which actually I had a preview Megacon exclusive thing, and it just sold out, which was amazing. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, even though I've worked in mainstream and, and done all that sort of stuff, I think the independent scene is really the way to go. You have the most creativity. You have the ability to tell the story the way you want to, how you want to and touch the audiences that you would like to without really having the um, constriction of the corporate that is Marvel and DC nowadays. So that's what I'm doing. Hi guys, uh, my name is Martin Dunn. Um, I am 
busy all the time. Uh, I am the art director for Hashtag Comics, which is a brand new indie studio out of West Virginia. Um, I also am the editor-in-chief of uh, Con Artist Entertainment, or CA Studios now, as we call it, um, out of Tampa. Uh, I write, I draw, I do that stuff. Um, I've only been doing this for about five years, thanks to Juan Navarro, who he doesn't like the same credit, but he's the one who inspired me to do this. Um, <clears throat> I've worked for IDW Publishing, uh, currently work on some stuff for Image, and uh, been working to get this book done for like the last four years, and then several others. Um, that's pretty much it. Podcast, webcast, panels, things like that. So. Martin, throw out some of the titles. we got a title coming out right now. Um, yeah, I'm working on a book called uh, Carpe Noctum with uh, artist Derek Fish and uh, Colorist Studio Challenging Studios for uh, hashtag. It's in Diamond. You can go to your local comic shop and uh, ask for it. It's coming now May 27th. Yes, I got a nod. Yes, May 27th. Is it for children? No, it's a mature it's a mature audience book, definitely. Um, it's supernatural, crazy, definitely. Like we, uh, one of the reviewers, um, uh, Bleeding Core reviewers, called it the kitchen sink of monster books. So it literally has anything and everything you could ever want from Cthulhu, Lovecraftian, anything to like, how is it put to me? We're not allowed to legally say it's Tolkien uh, archetypes, but there's like goblins and trolls and stuff in it too, but. It's crazy. It takes place in Las Vegas. It's about an underworld and elder gods and vampires and werewolves and goblins and trolls and craziness. And it's it's dark. In my opinion, they say it's a horror. I think it's more dark comedy with you know more elements. But it's fun, man. It's just been a lot of fun, a lot of work. Uh, it's, everything we do is a lot of work, I think. Um, that's pretty much it. Like I mean, my biggest projects lately have just been. I've not done a lot of creative in the last few months. I've been working a a lot in the backside of things, helping Hashtag get their stuff built up for Diamond, which has been exhausting and creatively draining in its own way. So. Fantastic. Brian, for God's sake, we have you here, we have your mind. Tell us about Independent Comp. Take us through the history, obviously Lady Death, Evil Ernie, every, everything that's going on with you is just amazing. Well, thank you. Uh, I'll give you my resume. My name is Brian Polito. I've been making comic books independently for 24 years now. Uh, I've written over 330 comics. I've published or written or created several thousand projects. I've been lucky enough to publish things including Insane Clown Posse Comics, World Wrestling Entertainment Comics, comics for Megadeth, and my own comics, probably most known for Lady Death, Evil Ernie, and the entire Chaos Comics universe. Recently, what was totally fun was I got to sue Avatar Press and grind them into the ground and settle and take full ownership back of my flagship character, Lady Death. There you go. Why wasn't that covered in bleeding cool? Fascinating. It was, uh, it was very interesting, guys, and it's a bit of a tangent, but... Uh, it was the most exhilarating experience. At the end of the day, when I cut my final check to my lawyer, I shook his hand and I said, this is the best money I've spent in the last decade. And he looked at me quizzically and said, uh, and Jeff will probably appreciate this, uh, that's the first time he had ever heard that from a client. <laughs> um, so that was very exhilarating, and uh, right after that, taking full control of the character, I relaunched her through a Kickstarter, something I wanted to do for so long. and. Uh, 
how we approached the Kickstarter was we actually got everything done before the Kickstarter except for pressing the but button on printing. And then upon it being funded, we literally pressed the button on printing. So we'll be delivering this new Lady Death chapter in the next 30 days. And that is a, a, a little bit of what's been going on for me. All very, very fun. And as you can imagine, occasionally challenging, but all in all, exhilarating. I have a question for you. Sure. Okay, I, that's just something I was wondering. So I, I, I still see, like, see that Avatar has Bloody Death comics coming out. Yes, yeah, so part of our settlement, what I can speak about, is they get one last nip at the trough. So okay. Lady Death Apocalypse will be their final. Okay, piece. I was just curious about that. that you're I, welcome yeah. to ans ask anything and uh, anything that I can answer, I can. So that's theirs. And uh, Avatar is a very loyal company. So the guy who was writing Lady Death, Mike Wolfer, was summarily dismissed and was replaced for this last series. So nothing but uh, friendship and loyalty out of that company. <laughs> you know, whenever we have this in my in my opinion, uh -oh. go for no, it. no, no, Brian, and that, with in my opinion, in in uh, thank you, in my I, in my opinion, I appreciate that. Good job, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, thank you, man. You know, That'll be a dollar. What I was going to say, <laughs> whenever we have this panel, you know, we have a lot of thank people you. out here who want to get in. They want to do what you're doing, you know, and they want to know how how to get started. Brian, tell us how you got started. Oh my gosh, we're going back to a different time. I'll try to be quick. Uh, <laughs> I started, I think I, I actually just love comics, still do. And I actually put an ad in a thing called Comic Buyer's Guide oh, yeah. for an artist. And I tried out 70 artists. And in my mind I had two criteria, which was the quality of the work and then that person's professionalism. And after 70 artists, I gave up, honestly. And then about a week later, I got a submission from a fellow named Stephen Hughes. And we met in it you know, became two-thirds of the Mod Squad, and we were off to the races. But, you know, that sentence took me one minute to tell you, but the whole process for me took several years of trial and error. And, um, however, once I got together with Hughes, we teamed up, and we did what at the time was called packaging our book. So we put together a synopsis, a series of pages, uh, and lettered pages as well, and shopped them around to publishers of the time. And we took the best of all the worst deals that we were offered that allowed us to retain uh, ownership. And from there, we got published by Malibu Press, which was a blast. And through luck of the Irish, pardon me? I love Malibu's. Yeah, it was fun. Through luck of the <laughs> Irish, it, uh, Evil Ernie was the first book, and it, got, it caught on. So that was a very dated experience of how it worked for me. I don't know how it works these days. But I think the principles are probably applicable where Maybe if you're a writer, you find an artist. If you're an artist, you find a writer. You get your stuff seen. One, one takeaway, and, and then I'll shut up, is uh, early on, prior to Evil Ernie, I had a meeting, a sit-down meeting with the editor at Marvel at the time, and I had a written proposal for a uh, post-apocalyptic patriotic hero series. Just in writing, no art. And that person said, he considered me a person that he knew. And he had a submission pile of people he knew, and he had a submission pile of people he did not know. And early on in the conversation, he put my pile, or my submission, in the pile of people he knew. During the two-hour conversation with him, that submission pile of people he knew went up about another eighth. And my takeaway, from, and at the end of the conversation, we thanked each other, it was great. My takeaway from that was that he was overwhelmed, this really wasn't part of his job, he meant well, but it would never get read, and it never got read. So hence, I decided to take up the mantelpiece myself package it, so to speak, get an artist, and do it on my own, and have a look back. 
Can we get off that subject? I want to get blamed for that. Um, actually, it's it's funny. I out of out of high school, my my art teacher was. I was in love with one of my comics. Was my whole thing. Um, actually, chaos oh, comics stuff like that. I, I was in love with indie comics. Just something material. different. Um, and I got to meet uh, Michael Turner, like right as he was doing like um, Witchblade, I think it was, or something like that. And um, my my art teacher had set that up. And then he went through some things, and he got me an internship at CrossGen, but I ended up chasing a woman across the country and having kids with her and marrying her and crazy stuff. So I kind of got out of comics for like 10 years. A buddy of mine was like, dude, you should make comics. You should get back into comics, da, da, da. And I used to always doodle and, and write and stuff like that, but I never really, like, uh, you know, pursue it. So I was working in the music industry and stuff, and we came to MegaCon. I don't remember what year it was exactly, but we, we met Creature Entertainment. Juan had some Zombieers books up there, and um, I'm looking through them, and I bought one. And I was like, I just asked him some questions. I was like, how did you, you know, like, like I mean, you just, you just do it yourself. Because I had no idea. Like, I mean, even like intern at CrossGen, I really didn't put together how you could just do it yourself. For some reason, I always had like this block, like, oh, I, I got to have a publisher. I have to have someone to take my, my pictures on paper and put it on, like, on more paper. I, I don't know why that is so complicated when you really think about it, because it's really not. But that's what it was. And Juan's like, explain everything. And he's giving me all this information. And the funny fact is I talked to, like, maybe four or five other indie publishers, even some bigger publishers before that, that weekend, and just ask questions. And they all gave me the same runaround, like, oh, you know, I mean, it's just a process, and, you know, it, it, just, it don't, you know, just whatever. And he was, like, the only guy I sat there and spent a lot of time doing it. And, I mean, I, I think that, you know, part of me wants to know that Juan was like, well, these guys buy my books, so I'm going to talk to him and answer his questions. But, you know, maybe, maybe he was wanting to inspire Did somebody. Do what? Did you play yeah, I did. I actually own, I think I, so I buy a lot of creature stuff. I, I love to give information to people, but I hate it when they're just taking all your time and they're not buying anything. So no, I think I bought every, I think I bought, these guys buy their books is what I'm I believe about. I bought, um, I bought the first volume of Zombie Years, and I forget what else you guys had to I, I think it was like the first issues. Yeah, I did that. back then, it was before issue five. Yeah, I had that, and then I had, I, uh, I bought like some art, he had some art that I bought there, like a post, I think it was, uh, the first you guys might have had the, um, the famous copper tone ad? Yeah, 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 I think that might have been it. I got that. And so I got that stuff. I went home and I just started kind of doing some research. And um, I, uh, I I credit a lot of it to Juan for that. And then honestly, a lot of people, especially guys up here know, will be shocked. I'm not getting into it. It's stupid. But a guy named Gene Hoyle helped me out a lot with some information and put me on the right path to figure out some publishing and put me in contact with Martin Piero, who gave me some more information. And I just kind of, that's kind of how it started really for me, was just gathering the right information and that's why now for me when people come to me and say like everyone's always like I want to bother you and I know you probably want to help me I get Twitter like people on Twitter and Facebook all the time I give them every information I can I tell you where I get my stuff printed I tell you where I go I tell you what I tell you that you know there's tutorials on YouTube you don't have to go and pay someone to do this you can learn it yourself if you have the time and the effort and the patience but yeah like I mean that's pretty much my story for that so fantastic Austin how, about, how did you get by how did you get the bug so to speak what for comics yeah no AIDS. Shut up. <laughs> we are in a comic panel. You see how everyone else here is really kind of the whole serious, I'm super cool comic book person. I'm like, you know, the, the comic relief. It's okay. I don't mind it. Don't mind it at all. I hate you forever. Okay. So, I collected comic books since I was 14. And I had a buddy of mine, uh, Dave who was like disgustingly talented, like the people who didn't really have to try, just one of those people who just like could do it. And we are going to uh, the 
show in Syracuse called The Make-A-Wish Show. And I was a big ElfQuest fan. Does anyone know who ElfQuest is? Wendy Richapini? Okay. That, that defined my whole high school life, basically. Smoking pot, reading ElfQuest. That was basically me, honestly. In your opinion. In my opinion. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. That's another dollar. <laughs> so, it doesn't come for free. I knew Bart Sears because he lived in Syracuse and he just started working on Justice League Europe. I wanted a power growth sketch. I wanted boobs, right? So he's like, well, let's just bring some stuff and let's just we'll get that done. I'm like, cool. So I have my, I, I got my drawing stuff, but I had more of inking stuff because he could draw and I did inking. I had no idea what it was. So I, I'm waiting in line, I'm waiting in line, I go and I finally get my sketch. And literally I do this, I'm looking down, it's a headshot. I'm looking at this, I'm looking at him, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at him. And he looks up and he's like, what? And I said, really, nothing? He's like, you know how many, know, you know how many things I've done? I'm like, and that's, that's a bad thing? So he noted me holding some samples. He's like, what, are you an artist or something? I'm like, ah. you know, you get all tongue-tied and took my stuff. And I remember, he looked at it, and then he stopped, and he looked at it again. Now, Graham Nolan was sitting next to him. He was working on Hawkworld. Then Tom Lyle, who at the time was working on Robin, he looked at it. Then Wendy Richard Pena looked at it. And then Tom Vincent, who was colors for Silver Circle Lady, and it just got passed right down the table. So they wrote some stuff down, and they said, we think if you work on this, 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 and this, you have a shot, because it looks like you have some talent. You know, come back next year, and we'll see what you got. So I'm like, woo! Go so that home. Didn't, that didn't hurt your feelings that they were critical. They weren't, they weren't really that critical. They were just very nice and they just wrote some things down and I was like, ooh, this is great. So I'm going to be a comic book artist and mom and dad said, that's great, you can have a backup plan. So I got my degree in design. So I could, you know, in case things didn't work out. So I went back next year and I got shredded. And I got shredded again because I kept showing my stuff around because this was before the internet, computers and everything. You actually physically had to meet someone, say, hi, how are you? I have my stuff. Love you to take a look, let me know what you think, and then take your beatings, or constructive criticism, as they call it. And after a while, things got more positive than negative, until finally I was able to actually get offered a job inking. I enjoyed inking more than penciling, because I asked myself, do I want to work on great characters, or do I want to work with great characters and great artists, great pencilers? And I said, I want to be an inker. Brush inking, that sort of thing. And that kind of got me into, well, you know, this is some cool stories, you know, working with Allied and these other independents that you really have outside the box. Teenage Mutant Turtles, all them. The indie scene back in the early 90s was really just blowing up. This was before Image really kind of took off. And I said, I, I want to try to do that. You know, I, I've got a story. I think I can maybe try to do something like that, you know. So I found people that they like my inking and I like your penciling. It's really cool. Hey, should we do a book? Yeah, that's great. We'll just go do whatever, and then that's how the first issue kind of came out. So, you know, Austin, I have to say, a neat, a neat point, and I, I wanted to go to Juan to ask him about this, too, because you're the art director for Preacher. A lot of times people are going to come to you and show you their art. Um, how do you, I, I mean, I, I know you're a very positive person. How do you destroy them? Well, you know, I know, I know <laughs> you destroy people. Neil Adams. What do you do? The thing, the thing is this, there's two ways of going about it. Look, if you're doing business and it's just somebody that you already have worked with before and it's just a professional thing, you yay or nay it and you go on and they, they can do it. If, and as some people have said, I've kind of evangelized and I want to help people in comics, I would think everybody here, you guys should go make them 
no, no matter what. You know, if there's something you really want to do, go make it. Your first comic's gonna suck. It's just gonna part of the process. But because of that, I try to always help, and, and it's a different side of critiquing and trying to help somebody improve something. If somebody tells you this doesn't work, hey, your anatomy's bad, or this panel's not working, or something like that, that's not them attacking you. That's just them trying to help you make it better. Constructive criticism. Yeah, because if, if you're reading a comic and somebody drew the arm kind of weird and it's like, Meh, you know, like all like this, it's going to take you out of it for a second. You're suddenly going to stop reading it and be like, why is that arm, that guy's arm's all messed up? Or yeah, that, but then you look up and the guy's like, it's my book. Oh, well, then that will be kind of cool. people in the audience are artists? And that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Also, I would dare say, because I've done this, I, I've done this before, but how many of you are writers? How many of you are artists? All right, art writers talk to the artists, artists talk to the writers. Go make a comic book. Later, speed dating. We're doing, uh, real quick, so, so, if Terry doesn't mind, this afternoon, um, I think across the way, another panel room, I'm doing, we're, me and Derek Fish and a couple people are going to host. It was a joke. Me and Juan made this joke on a panel we were on last year at MegaCon. We were going to do comic creator speed dating. So if you're a writer and an artist, come in. We're going to pair you up, and the writers are going to give the artists a, like a one-minute elevator pitch. And if you guys like it, you guys can leave together. And if you don't, then you stay and keep And whatever going. happens afterwards. That's up to you guys. But just use protection. It was just a joke, and we'll answer questions on how to get your comics published and how to, to self-publish and stuff like that. But that was the, it was really just a joke. It's, we just a, great like, idea, no, it's a great it's idea. Good. And, of course, to build your network, it sounds like a fantastic thing. Make that but, happen. Yeah, yeah, well, it's coming. It's this afternoon, like 4:10. So, so what happens in Megacon stays in Megacon. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I wanted to add something. Juan said it was actually uh, there was a um, a friend of mine had gotten his portfolio reviewed by Neil Adams, and everyone up here knows Neil yeah. Adams is brutal portfolio reviewer. But uh, my friend had tried to use like he he made the worst mistake ever, and he told Neil Adams, and Neil Adams insulted his anatomy, and Neil Adams doesn't tell you that your anatomy is bad. He insults your anatomy, your personal your personal anatomy, and uh, he. <laughs> He basically said it, and my friend defended his art, which he shouldn't have done, and he said, well, I like to try to think that I have like a more Mike Magnolia style. And Neil Adams flipped that and was like, Mike Magnolia knows how to draw anatomy. Like, it, stylization doesn't count for anatomy. Like, your anatomy has to be good, and that's what one thing Juan was saying. It's like sometimes people will defend bad anatomy based on, well, it's my style, and, and you're... No, and, and it even works us uh, out for us as a publisher. One of the things that I've done is that I've luckily have some people like Nashmi Marquez, and, and some, we brought them in, and they're very young, they're just starting out, and we try to help them out, build their stuff. You know, they, they work around us. Like, we're in the hotel room, and Jose Varese is drawing, Patrick Riley, you know, uh, Jeff Decal, we're all artists, we're there talking, and he gets to see how we're doing things, and how we talk, and... All the little things that have to happen that you'll be around it, and his work is building up. And it's great because then I get to find the guy. It's cheap labor, and when they leave me and become so successful, like Jeff DeCal did, you know, later on when he left the company, I mean, you know, he's still part of it, but he's doing stuff well, for Marvel, you know, you get to help that and you grow that, and, and as, that's part of it. As an artist, too, with that one, like I'll say, like surrounding yourself with artists that are, you know, also creating around you is also really good for your art. Like, I. I dabbled in art for a while, mostly wrote, but I started to hang out with Javier Lugo and Derek Fish on like a weekly basis, us just getting together and drawing and hanging out and working well, on really, comics together. It's really good to have a good culture yeah. of creativity around you, and you build that culture around you. Speaking of good culture and creativity, you also have to be able to, to pick it out and know that something's good. Right. You have to have like a palette. Yeah. Don't have a palette it has to have a seed to it, yeah. yeah. You're going to be in trouble. You might be hanging around people and you've got a bad palette. 
few people who have good palates here are Jeff Kaufman and Mark Piera. Yes. How do you guys? How do you guys pull talent? I mean, how do you? What? Do you search favorites. the artists out, or do the artists search you out? <laughs> oh. No gag reflex. You want me to lie? Okay. Oh, jeez. Go ahead. You lie. Um, most of the talent I've worked with, pretty much, I met at MegaCon or shows in Orlando. The um, my creative director Zach came up to me at the old FX show, the last one that was here, and just said, "I really want to work, man. Just whatever you got, I want to do it." And you know, his work was good, but his attitude was great. It was, "I just want to work. So somebody, please give me some work." So I. I did, and we've been together since 2009. And uh, he helps me out with everything we do. Like I say, he's my creative director. So and you just met him at Megacon? It was, it was FX, but you know, same. Okay. And he, he came up to the booth and he said, I just want some work. If you have some work, I'll take it. And my, my buddy Mike Wagoner, uh, who's at my booth right now, same thing. It was uh, it was at a mixer or something. It was some, we went to some bar before Megacon a couple of years ago. And he was there, I met him, and uh, we hit it off great. Uh, that's kind of the, the thing, too. Nicest guy gonna, ever. Sorry, what was that? Nicest guy ever. Okay. <laughs> you know, not so much with the deadlines, but the nicest guy ever. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's part of it, too. If you're a writer or even a publisher or an editor, you have to have a decent relationship with your, your talent. I know I sometimes yell at him, like, you need to get your talent in line, yell at him, yell at him, beat him. And at the end of the day, you can't. Because like he, he pointed out just the other day, if, if I was just pouring truckloads of money in his front lawn, yeah, I have, I have a right to yell at him and kind of force him to get hit his deadlines. But I'm not. So it's kind of a give and take relationship, especially when it's a writer-artist partnership. It's a partnership more so than it is like an employee-employer situation. And it's a lot of communication. Um, you kind of learn through failure. And the good thing is about your asking us questions is you know, you get to learn through some of our failures. Uh, I, I disagree with the concept that you do not set your expectations with the people you work with. Uh, I think it's it's a, you're basically setting yourself up for pain. I've done it before. I've made artists beforehand, before they did the work. Uh, you you just have to follow through. You say, okay, if you want to be, if I hire you or I work with you, these are my expectations. I will pay you every 10 pages once it's in the server. I will do these certain things. You will deliver. This is our schedule. Um, the minute you realize this guy can't handle the schedule, you've got to move on because you know you don't have time for this. There are deadlines in comic books, and nothing is worse for a lot of you. And I know some of you are readers, but I'm a reader. When that book doesn't come out, when that book doesn't get to you, you go, wait, oh, this guy's this guy's a genius, and I'm not going to piss on anybody because I don't do that. But you know, how, how pissed off are you when issue three never comes out, or issue four never comes out, or it takes six months to read the damn thing, and you're pulling your hair out and you're a fan. When that book finally gets there, you're going to be pissed off. You're not going to appreciate it as much. So when you hire somebody or decide to work with them, there was, what was that, Raising Arizona? When I didn't have crawfish, I ate sand. You ate sand, I ate sand. What I'm saying is, is that sometimes you don't have the money to be able to pay somebody as professional as you would like. So you are sometimes stuck with the bottom of the barrel. But if you are not stuck, then be a professional. Get a contract. When you when you work with somebody, have a contract to find what their roles are. If you're splitting rights, make it very clear what rights you're splitting. Yep. If you if you need a backup in case he doesn't finish it and that he loses his rights, make sure that's in because you don't want to be arguing ten years later or fifteen years or even a month later about who has control over this because you weren't 
you were too lazy to go on the internet and download a, a basic contract. Right. And this isn't me speaking as an attorney, this is me speaking as a publisher who had to actually go back and force an artist to give away all his rights. Because he failed, he treated me like crap, and he owed me an ass load of money. And you don't want to be in that position because the hardest thing about these things is, imagine when you finally get this into your hands, and it's yours, and you love it, and it now represents something ugly to you. I hate that artist, I hated the relationship, I hated everything, and when I look at it, I don't look at my creativity, I don't look at all the great things that made me want to do this. It reminds me of raw failure, and I want to vomit when I see it. Now, I'm fortunate that that's not the case with this book. I had Kevin West, I had Mark McKenna, <laughs> I had Tom Cho, and I had a, a great Marvel DC team put together a book that even if my writing sucked, you didn't care. You liked the artwork. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important to be a professional. Be a professional. You want to do this? Mm -hmm. This isn't a hobby. I would like to chime in on Jeff's point, which I agree to, and it, it speaks to a different topic. It sounds kind of peculiar, but it speaks to the hiring process. And that's something I felt that I learned way back in the day, continue to watch for. So what I mean by this is, here's, here's my criteria for hiring a comic book artist. It's, is the work compelling and exciting, fun storytelling? So the, that, that quality that is great, that's a given. And the second quality is professionalism. So if the person promises X, do they deliver X or Y? Now, sometimes when you're on the line, you don't want to learn that. So we actually have a pretty rigorous hiring process where we, by design, put a couple of hoops there so we can see if this person will fulfill on the promise. Because there's nothing more irritating than getting halfway into a book and someone drops off the face of the earth or doesn't have communication. So our hiring process diagnoses a person's ability to communicate change to fulfill on a given promise uh, or not. And to make comic books very easy for everyone involved, our deadline, this might sound too simple, but our deadlines for everything is on Monday. So let's say an artist is hired to do three pages a week, the delivery date is Monday. It doesn't matter. Um, four, Monday, five, Monday, whatever it is. Monday comes and goes, that's a problem. And uh, now there's no, this hasn't been perfected, you know, but recently, this seems to really, really work. Keeping it simple, Monday deadline, keeping the promise, and you know, like Jeff, the, you know, the reward is, is payment and on time, and the consequence is uh, every day you're late, I'm late, etc. So food for thought. You know, when I was, when I was just starting out, and I wanted, I dreamed like all of you, I wanted to make a comic book, and I had this, you know, creative energy. I wanted to do it. I really wanted to do it. I really didn't know a lot how to do it, and I wanted to get an artist involved. I'm, terrible artist, but I, I have a lot of imagination. And I went around to artists, and I went on the internet, and I looked at their art, and I said, you know, I'd love to get you to do a project with me, and I tried to influence them, write an influential email, you know, it sounded like I knew what I was doing, but nobody really wanted to do it. They didn't believe in me. They didn't, you know, they didn't really believe that I had what it took, or, you know, they, for some reason or another, I couldn't seem to get people interested. So I, I kept at it, kept at it, kept at it, until I finally found some artists who were willing to help me. And I went for people who had, I felt like I had a good palette with, for good art. And I went to people and I said, I know, I know I can't afford to pay you what you're worth, but I'm hoping that you would be willing to do something with me, a short, a short story with me, so that we could get this project going. And they finally decided that they would. Jeff, you gotta go to the bathroom?
keep going. Everything okay? Yeah. Okay. So um, be pissed off, Jeff. I'm sorry, Jeff. Maybe you wanted a job. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so I, I can't afford to pay you what you're worth, and and some people understood that, and I was able to get them. I was able to get them. And I was able to get a first issue done, and my first issue of Students the Unusual uh, got picked up by Diamond, and I they got distribution by Diamond, and I didn't realize what a great thing and lucky thing that was at the time because I'd never done this, but once that happened. And I went to MegaCon the first time. Then I had artists like you wouldn't believe coming up to me, hey, I'd love to work with you. Hey, I'd love to work with you. Hey, I'd love to work with you. So once the train gets going, it gets yeah, a lot true. easier and you get a lot of, lot of talented people. Also, with that, with that in mind, as, an, as people who want to be artists, if you get on a project and um, you, you know, you're, you're, you're late, you're, the book's never coming out, or you're in these things, one of the things you realize is like finishing what you start, especially in this industry, is really important. Because when you have that book, that is your resume. You can show me pages all day. I'm serious. If you can, you can send me portfolios. I just did a portfolio review for the new artist for Joshua Black for me to the second arc, and I looked at over 200 submissions. And everything I looked for was one of my 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 things was uh, send me if you've ever been published, if you've ever done anything, send me what you've worked on. Show me, or at least tell me so I can go buy it or, or whatever. If you've been published before, and the reason that is, is because if you can finish a project, if you can finish a, a three-issue, six-issue miniseries, and I know that you can finish my book, and the reason that is, is I'm not, I'm not going to down anybody. I've gotten yelled at by Jeff in the past on panels for downing somebody, but the thing is, is that I, I've worked with several artists on Joshua Black. Some of them are friends that have come in and helped me at the last minute because I got with artists that they were good for two issues, they were great for two issues, but then I'd get five pages, and then I didn't hear from them for a month, two months, you know, just nothing, and then you have to find someone else because like you know, like Ryan was saying, like you, you're, you're, you know, now that you're late, we're late. And the problem is, is that especially for pencilers, it's like when you are a penciler, you have to remember that you may meet your deadline on Monday, and if the, but if that Monday deadline is for the full page to be done, inked, colored, and lettered, then everyone else is late. The entire creative team. There's a lot of people don't realize when they get into this that there is a creative team usually on the comics. You have a penciler, you have an inker, you have a colorist, you have a, a letterer, and you know, sometimes an editor, like, you have those things. And yeah, a printer, printer yeah, yeah, and a printer. And especially, and I can also just, it's random, but just put it out there as people are getting into this, never ever set your deadlines around conventions because you will hate your life. But that's besides the point. <laughs> Terry, real quick, real quick. There are people here who want to get into this industry. Yeah. And we can, we can talk about all of our personal accomplishments and everything else like that. What I would like to be able to do with this is that you came here for us to help you learn how to do this. And we could tell our own stories and our own, we got shot in the head, and you know, but then again, I shot him in the not so we were equal. But um, uh, what I did was, what I noticed was um, about panels, which Terry, the first panel he saw was Terry put me on a panel, and the guy next to me was, oh, I got into comics in 1982, and it was good, it was fantastic, and you know, go fuck yourself. And I slammed my head down with a bucket table because I was so bored and I sat up and I looked down and people actually thought it was funny. And I said, wow, you know, all I gotta do is act like a complete asshole and people will not walk out of my panel. Well, you had a booger hanging out of your nose. Well, I, it was, I put it there. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is now is I want, you came here for something, so I want to make sure you get it. Um, so, we can take questions. Yeah, so take, if, yeah what I'd like to be able to do is people to, to ask us what they, what they, how they really want to do this, so that we don't, so we get 20 minutes and we'll shotgun it back at them. I don't, I don't have to answer, but others, you know, just how.
coach. Speak up, sir. Speak from your chest, son. Like, project. He's got a writer and an artist. Do you have a completed project? Is it something that's done? Do you have like pages? Do you have an issue one done? Ah, stop it. Well, hold on. Did you? But did you? Is the art done? Is do you have? This is this is beyond that. I'm doing. I've been learning a lot about pitching from guys like Jim Zub has been like. Ridiculous, but that's a name drop. But he has been giving me a ton of information on pitching, Jesus. and I'm just asking yeah, James, uh, curiously, like, do you? Uh, Jesus uh, yeah, I don't, but no, do you, do you have at least five pages of full art done? That's pencils, inks, colors, letters, everything done. Okay, if you get all of that done, package it, package it up, and you can go to Image, you can go to Dark Horse, you can go to IDW, you can go to Ani now. I think didn't Creature just open up submissions? Yeah. Yeah, and just and then. But you, we want completed projects. Look, yeah. the thing is, is that. Unbelievably, a lot of times if you're dealing with an editor or an art director, most of the time they're incredibly stupid and unimaginary. So you have to treat it like that. Come to them with a completed project so they can see it and say, "Oh, cool! This is something like this. Oh, this looks a lot like Lady Death. Let's like let's print let's print this." Let's do it. <laughs> then I'm gonna hire Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and and so that they can understand the concept, so it's more completed. We we make the joke, me and him. <laughs> hey, we I have an idea for a story. I, I have characters. characters yeah, yeah, I have characters. I have it copyrighted. We've heard it before. Have a project completed. No, he's like Superman, but not. Sometimes, sometimes if you have a solid five pages, yeah, and it yeah. tells part of the story, and enough that we know where it's going, you can. Show it to a publisher. Oh, and have your now what they're hoping for. Some other companies who I don't want to mention because they haven't announced it yet, but they really they're not going to solicit or put anything until it's in the can. Yeah. So the suggestion is get your best five pages, best five your best five pages that really tell what the story's about, not just a bunch of talking heads because somebody's going to have to, there's going to have to be a scene where somebody gets kicked in the face. Or something, but I mean something to excite somebody to go. Yeah, I want to see more of this. Right. And have a, and have an ending. Have an ending. Have an ending. Don't tell me like, well, you know, I have this thing issues. and it's kind of going. Have an ending. Pretty much, you got to tell me in three paragraphs everything that happened, and I better go. Wow, cool. I want to see this happen. You want a story? Yeah, yeah. It's a story well, that you're publishing. Yeah, but be realistic. Don't have like, this is my complex epic. It's 500 issues. It's going to be great. It's yeah. going to run for the next 13 years. Yeah, we don't want to see you know 100 years of solitude. You know, like just. I want to just this comic out to you. It's not published by me. It's published by a friend of mine called Indie Comics Magazine. If you put together an eight-page completed story and, and send it to him for a submission, he, most of the time, if it's good, he's going to print it. And this is distributed by Diamond. And now you've got the next professional product, product out there, and you can take it to Martin Dunn, and he'll say, yeah, hey, you have a professional exactly. product out. It's just an eight-pager. It's not a full comic, you know? So if you tell a short story, it's sort of like filmmaking. If you can tell a, a, a great story in a short short story, then you can tell a great it's, story. It's funny you say that because if you have the capability of doing it, if you can make your pitch into a, a trailer of what the series is about, a five-page trailer, if you will, like like a movie trailer, like this is this is all the beats. If you can do that in five pages, that's a good pitch. Like that's something, because I mean it's not stuff you would end up maybe using in the final book, but it is something <coughs> to pitch to somebody. And a good example of that, if you just go get like the anniversary edition of The Walking Dead, you see Robert Kirkman's original pitch with Tony Moore, it's nothing at all what appeared in the comic. 
but it is it is a solid pitch. It, it's like watching a movie trailer. It's like, oh, it's the beats of what happened. And that's the best advice I can give you for pitching. I'd also say it's fair to, if you could orate it as well, that it makes it for a compelling thing. So for example, if you're having a conversation over a, over a cocktail here at the comic book convention and you happen to come upon a publisher and you're talking about your project, if you could express it in two or three sentences in a compelling manner, uh, you're, you're that much further ahead. Because it, it speaks not only to that it's a concise project, but that you have, you have it sorted out. As opposed to if it takes you 10 minutes to explain it, it tends to indicate a lot of things aren't sorted out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. yeah, I mean, I don't like it too much, don't practice it all the time, but it does help sometimes when I pitch stuff to other people. Sometimes, if, even if it's like, it's like RoboCop meets Winnie the Pooh, yeah. if it works, it works, well, and just pitch that. And that's an if elevator it pitch. Gives them a, if it yeah. gives them a clearer picture. And that's what they call an elevator pitch. What he yeah, just I did like there that. is technical. Oh, but that pitch, of yeah. this meets that is really bad form, and there's a lot of people that look at you like an idiot for doing it, but sometimes you're dealing with an idiot, you, so you, do you it. You might have noticed when he was talking about Tommy, I was mouthing the... Um, <laughs> It's a boy He's boy heard boy. it enough times. A million times. A million mm. times. Next question. Terry's, um, Terry's the one. Um, what's the best way to go about putting together a team when you're just starting? Right now, you're in a room full of artists and writers. Talk to them. Say what's up, what's going on. Give a card. You're at a con. Go around the artist alley. Talk to different artist people. <laughs> just yeah. tell you, say, hey, you know, if you like some, what somebody's doing, you know, talk them up. You know, if you're a writer, convince an artist to be putting that time towards it. You know, there's two ways of convincing an artist, either the idea or that's going to be the convincing thing. Right here. Um, a few years ago, I self-published and ran three issues of comic that was supposed to be ten issues, and my artist kind of went AWOL and dropped out on me, mm. and I've been trying to find an artist elsewhere, but I don't know where to look. Digitalwebbing.com. Right in here, but you're right in here. Digitalwebbing.com, here in the Megacom. DeviantArt forums, um, this pencil jack. Uh, Facebook groups like crazy. There's so many Facebook groups. Yeah. Here's, here's my trick. I shouldn't tell this because this is good for everybody. But Boom has a great Facebook yes, submission. They do. Yeah. And I checked that. So, I don't know, forward slash boom submission, whatever. People are always posting. Yeah. And I want to even add this because I, I wanted to say it before. Within the cons, when you do them, we all talk. We're always talking. Yeah. And Marno come up to me and say, hey, man, I found this anchor at Albuquerque. Hey, I need a colorist. I, mm -hmm. We're always talking. So if there's so-and-so is on there and out there and they're working out and it's really good, by the other side of it, if they're not working out, oh, there's yeah. a problem. So time out. Let me ask you a question. Okay. What did he just tell you to look at? Name those things. What are some of the... Uh, he said, give me an I've done that. Okay. Um, the one website... Uh, Go ahead. Web hang on, hang on, yes. hang on. I went to several forums, posted several things. You should be writing this down, by but, the way. But the problem is... There's no I, problem. I but the problem is, when I find people, either A, their art isn't what I'm looking for. Okay. And the art that is, like, I do want... May I have permission to be rigorous? What's way too much money? What's way too much money? Can I have permission to be rigorous with you for a minute? All right. Treat him as a hostile witness, goddammit. Exactly. Here's the thing. Sorry for the religious people. I am sorry. It's not easy. You have to play numbers. I'm just, I cast a new comic book project, an 88 page OGN, and it took me seven months. I, I don't even know how many people I looked. And um, it just, it's not easy. And I get it, and I'm sympathetic, but I think you gotta focus on the solution, not the problem, not the I can't, but the I can't. I, I'm just sorry. Well, it's I, gonna happen too that you can get people that are um, great artists, but they suck at deadlines, right. or they and suck at writing an email, well, you know. Like, if I was trying to submit 
It's a complete package. Yeah. Yeah. The complete idea. All right, so Image Commons, right? If you submit to Image Commons right now your three issues, and they say, we want this, this is great. And you're like, yeah, but the artist is AWOL. They'll say, no, we don't want it. Right. They want, they, there's, there's two things, there's two factors in, in pitching that they look at. The writer and the penciler have to always be attached nine out of ten times unless you are someone who has previously been published or established. That is, that's just something that they look at immediately. If you look at the submission guidelines and read them, and pay attention to all of them. Because a lot of people are like, oh my god, there's so much to read. Read everything. Jeff will tell you that. He's a, he's a lawyer. Read everything. Like, you need to read everything because that's in the submission guidelines. But as for, you know, the one thing you were saying was, and they asked for too much. What exactly is too much? I mean, what is your budget? You need to, that's something that I learned real quick when just doing the Joshua Black stuff. I, I put up the thing and I was like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then I didn't put what I was going to ask. Now I just put, I'm just like, all right, look, this is what I'm going to pay you. This is what I can offer. And then you don't get the people who hit you up and go, look at this awesome thing. And then they're, then you're like, oh, yeah, I want you. And they're like, all right, $250 a page. And you're like, I don't even make that much. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you gotta, it takes and, and persistence but, yeah. and fortitude. You just got to gotta blast ahead. Yeah. It's a numbers game. It's not easy. So just you got to be, you know, look, you blink your eyes. It can be two years from now. So you just got to get really unreasonable and rigorous with yourself. Project. <laughs> Find another hobby. No, like, no, seriously, like, for me, I'm, I, I do this professionally now. Like, all I do, I work for, like, hashtag professionally. Like, they pay my bills. And I, I get to the point now, because I'm doing it all the time, it's my job, it's my day job, it's become a day job, I find other things to do. I, I write music, play guitar, I play video games, I hang out with my kids, I find something else to do. Or, but hold on, now, wait a second. If you're doing it professionally, and yeah. you get blocked, like let's say you work at McDonald's and you're gonna blocked on flipping burgers, you can't. It's your job. You, you just keep going. Do. Yeah, you, you do work it. around it. Like I mean, as an artist, that sometimes you just scribble. If you're gonna sit there, you'll just do thumbnails, and you never know what ideas well, yeah, come. Yeah, same I mean, thing with writing. Get get you know, sit down in front mean, of like, a computer. Your block and can around. last three weeks. Like no, that'll get yeah. you fired. But like if you have a block, I'm talking like a block. Like if I get a, if I hit a spot, yeah, I'll take a break. Like. That's what I meant. Like, I didn't mean, like, yeah, take three weeks off. Yeah. Or you can smoke a lot of weed. That helps, too. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. In, your in opinion, my opinion. No. In your opinion. No. Some of us are drug-free here. And proud yeah, Someone just made I Jeff Kaufman another dollar. <laughs> just stand up. I'd like to demystify the block for you. You know, I've, I've lived this, too, for 24 years. And it really, usually what that means is you just, at the moment, don't have something to say. So one of the things that I recommend is go to the library. You know, maybe, like a lot of these guys are saying, kind of switch the script a little bit, kind of loosen yourself up a little bit, and maybe go back and find really what you have to say. And you'd be surprised. The human mind can't put up, it can't deal with emptiness. So it's going to fill in with something. But... Yes, sir. I guess I want to ask you guys, did the Martin Piero and Juan Mara actually grow about 2011 when I first played Okay. All right. And they probably have the best structure indie publishing houses in all of Florida. I think they're both in. So you ask why we haven't merged together yet, right? Why don't you all pay him? I'm looking at Marno. Is this a plan? Is that what you're saying? Well, hashtag's not Florida, so. Tampa, oh, West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a job. I ordered both these guys' books. I think they're both in Diamond now. Yes, we are. Right next to each other. They are growing faster than any other indie publisher I've ever seen. You, sir, are a genius. <laughs> they totally paid up marketing. <laughs> I, I'm like, I, I'm like, I, what do I owe this guy? 
So that was the show. Um, I really want to work more comedy into this. I feel like I should. I don't know if it's comedic or not. I think I'm just talking and trying to convey these things. But I'm like, am I working jokes in here? Not really. But I mean, I hopefully I'm, I'm I'm going for something good and helping you guys out and motivating you and getting some stuff in order. You know, um, events that are coming up. Gotta tell you guys, we got uh, the Mega Mix MI Brewery Show happening at Magic City on the 16th, February 16th, from 5 to 10. It's gonna be really awesome. It's gonna be food trucks, it's gonna be beers, all the types of, uh, all the local breweries pretty much come in. We do this all the time with them uh, every year with MI Brewery. Fucking great place also in Doral. If you ever guys wanna just go have a beer, talk shit, you'll probably find us there uh, every once in a while. We like to go there and get a couple of beers and some food. 
and some wangs and uh, have a good time. So, uh, you know, ch- uh, check us out there. We're going to be there in full force. Goblin's Highest Creature Entertainment. And myself will be there. There's going to be some live music and everything. You can check it out on our Facebook page and everything else. I'll be posting it up uh, this week, uh, promoting it. And then after that, I'm actually looking at my schedule. Saturday the 23rd, we have Art on Palm. And uh, Art on Palm is going to be huge. It starts at 12 p.m. on uh, Saturday the 23rd of February. Uh, it's going to be huge. We have a bunch of uh, vendors, crafts. We're going to be the store is going to be open. We're going to have tents here. Awesome stuff run by the uh, brought to you by the city of Hialeah. Bunch of new uh, stuff going on. It's going to be awesome as it comes up. We're going to tell you more about it. Um, but let us know and just uh, come on by, man, and then and, and check us out. Uh, we'll be doing some other stuff. We have a uh, CCR up in uh, March and um, up in West Palm. And we have a couple of other things. Uh, March, April, May is really forming up. Like May is getting packed with events. And we're going to see where we're going to be from there. And we just have a lot of stuff going on. We're trying to finish some books, put some stuff together. So much going on, man. Um, this week, I probably will be at Sweet Caroline's. Well, I'll be at Red Bar on Monday the 4th and Sweet Caroline's uh, Tuesday. I am hopefully will be at the Miami Improv for Wednesday. I think I might not maybe be able to make it. I unfortunately forgot a whole other event that was happening. Something else that was happening. It was a family thing. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I may have to cancel that and not be there. Uh, but I will let you know. I will, I'll be posting it on the Instagram. But other than that, have an awesome week, guys. Uh, stay solid. Stay good. Be good to each other. And fucking always forward. Forward always. Motherfucker. Laters.